This week's episode of the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge is brought to you by Blue Sky, a new service from the Pittsburgh International Airport. Visit blueskypit.com and subscribe to get weekly headlines on airport and aviation news, trends, and ideas. That's blueskypit.com. Hello, and welcome to the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge. I'm Madhuni Krishnan, editor of Skift Airline Weekly. In this episode, my Skift colleague Brian Summers and I at the IATA Annual General Meeting in Seoul in June talked to Martin Gauss, CEO of Air Baltic, who answers all the questions everyone has about the A220, the airline's expansion plans, and whether Air Baltic plans to expand beyond its home region. Please feel free to drop me a line if you want to comment on this interview at mu at skift.com. And for more insights into the airline industry, go to airlineweekly.com slash subscribe. See you next week. We're here with Martin Gauss, the CEO of Air Baltic, um, at the IATA Annual General Meeting in Seoul. We had a couple of questions to talk to him as we, we catch him running around this very busy show. Um, good afternoon, Martin. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Um, I just had a couple of questions about uh, Air Baltic and how how it's doing as one of the largest A220 operators in the um, among the first A220 operators. So why don't we start with that? How is that aircraft working out for you? Uh, very well, actually, we are the we, we hold seventy one percent of the European order book of that aircraft. We were the launch operator of the A two twenty three hundred. We have nineteen in operations now, so millions of passengers have flown on it. More than two years' experience flying this aircraft, and, and we call it a super stuff because what it does for us, uh, it, it it reduces the cost and it increases the the passenger comfort. Uh, very exciting to have that aircraft uh, in our operation, and we get a lot of attention uh, operating it in Europe. And speaking of Europe, um, you're you're primarily a Baltic carrier. Um, do you have any plans to expand beyond Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania, and perhaps establish a base in Western Europe? We 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 have clearly said that we want to. We are the number one carrier in the Baltics today. We we uh, lead in in Riga, uh, Latvia, our home uh, market with a 59% market share now. We also became the number one carrier in the neighboring country, Estonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are on the way to become the number one in Lithuania. So that means we are the very strong Baltic carrier. And we're going to do that for the next years. So we say about 50 aircraft from the 80 we have on order uh, are there earmarked for the Baltics and that system which we fly there. And then we said if we, we have options, if we exercise options, we will be basing these aircraft outside the Baltics, but doing the same thing we do in the Baltics when it is flying point to point. So the same service, the same company, not changing anything. It's just at the moment we are still expanding in the Baltics where we see our natural home market. And you know, um, how much of your passenger base, your customer base, is from countries outside of the Baltics? Uh, there's more. Uh, customers from outside the Baltics as we operate Riga as a hub. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Latvia has only 1.9 million inhabitants and uh, we already this year going for 5 million passengers. So there's a big base of passengers uh, using uh, our services from abroad. We we serve now 80 routes. Um, we have with a one-stop connectivity with our co-chair partners 300 destinations. So there's a lot of people who are n- not Latvian flying on, on, on us and that will be more in the future. Riga as a hub means that people not only staying in uh, in Riga, they're just using it as a hub. Around half of the passengers coming to Riga are transferring in Riga, so they're not staying. Well, do you can give a breakdown of the the other the nationalities that uh, the largest nationalities that do you fly? I, 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 I no, I, I do not have. We have we have uh, big markets like Germany is a big market, uh, Russia is a big market. Mm. 
uh, Scandinavia, but I don't have a breakdown. I, I, I would have to go home, and then I could give you a breakdown. <laughs> I might follow up with that. Um, and how, what is the role of Latvia's government in Air Baltic? It's a very uh, strong shareholder with 80%. It's a very supportive shareholder, but they are not interfering in the business. They made it very clear when I joined seven and a half years ago that they want the airline to be run like a private airline, which we do, and we have all that freedom. But, of course, they are a strong and supportive shareholder. They take a shareholder role. Uh, they, they don't interfere at all in the business. And so they don't uh, mandate you fly certain routes, for example? No, not at all. They want us, uh, the management, to continue to develop the connectivity of Latvia and, and that we do because we strengthen with that uh, Riga as a, as a city and Latvia as a country. And we do that. So a focus and, and part of my salary is tied to it is to increase every year the connectivity. Uh, uh, of course, we have to make profits as well, but the connectivity is a very uh, important factor for the shareholder shareholders because we have to. Right. Um, well, that, that's a good segue into how your financials were this year. Um, do you think uh, 2019 will be the year you make money? We made a record profit in 17, followed by another record in 18. Mm-hmm. Um, we are heading to a significant higher uh, revenue in 500 million this year, uh, 5 million passengers, so also a significant increase there. And uh, we are forecasting positive results, but we are in April from the result point of view. So I'd rather give it a few more months right. before I say what kind of result there will be at the end because last year we saw uh, towards the end of the year a significant drop in fuel prices. Then again this year we saw an increase in fuel prices, which is a big factor for us. Um, It's too early to say what what kind of a profit we will have by the end of the year. Where we see already an indication summer bookings are in is that the revenue target we have is around 500 million. It's looking good. And how's summer demand looking? Um, uh, looking looking good. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a significant increase in capacity out there, but it's looking good. Uh, we have more aircraft. First time that we operate 40 hulls this year mm-hmm. because we, we got uh, airbuses uh, before the summer. Uh, so it looks good. We, we ha- it, it looks good, but again, after the summer, I can tell you, because there's a lot of last-minute bookings coming in, people deciding on a, on a shorter trip. Um, uh, t- typically, most of our passengers coming only six weeks before departure. So that's when we get the, the bookings. Do you think some the summer demand or the summer traffic is enough to offset some of the winter weakness that a lot of European carriers see? Yeah, we have an extreme peak there. Mm-hmm. So Air Baltic, uh, because Riga as a destination is a very strong, uh, uh, not only business, but tourist destination in the summer. We, we have that very strong peak to deal with. So we need to earn our money in the summer because we lose it in the winter. Uh, so ideally what we try to do to be positive from uh, April to October um, to offset then the winter months. We we cannot reduce the capacity and just not fly because we are a scheduled carrier uh, with frequencies, uh, not, not serving leather destinations once a week. So therefore, the winter is always an issue for us where we try with natural cap- capacity reduction, doing more of the checks in the winter, more of the crew training in winter to offset that peak but we have that peak and in the last six years we managed to make a profit in in, in the year Great. Brian hi um, we're here in Seoul it seems like you can't go uh, 10 feet without talking to a European airline CEO about uh, consolidation um, I'm curious uh, you must think that Europe needs more airline consolidation is, is Air Baltic considering participating in this we are playing two roles in it, uh, an active role as consolidating in the Baltics because we 
We are very successful in taking over leadership uh, in a neighboring country where, there's, where there is still a national carrier where, where we are now number one in, in Tallinn. And uh, so we are, we are consolidating ourselves uh, indirect. Yes, I believe in consolidation in Europe. I do not believe that there will be only five airlines because Europe is very different to the US. So there will be more than five. But that consolidation, looking at what happened in the last years, uh, is going on. If we look at the Lufthansa Group, uh, the, the, they are now uh, a very strong player in Europe. Yeah? The others probably to follow, IAG, uh, Air France, KLM. But I do not see that we will have, as some people say, only five airlines. And, and it will take longer uh, because there's always airlines also starting again. So if you would say, okay, we reduce the amount of airlines, but there's an airline leaving and then a new one starts. So Europe is different there because we have these countries where there's a lot of demand for national carriers because of the connectivity. Uh, a lot of countries are not connected so well to each other as you have maybe in the States. Yeah? Uh, our air traffic system, if you look at it, is also completely different. So Europe has some other issues. There is consolidation, and consolidation always goes very fast when there is uh, high fuel prices. Then we saw last year many airlines leaving. One of the reasons was the high, f high fuel price towards the end of the year. So when fuel prices rise, consolidation is going faster because the weak ones will disappear. And as far as your airline itself, I mean, do you have discussions with the big groups in Europe about maybe them wanting to take you over, or is that something that they're doing with your shareholder? That would be happening on the shareholder level. What we do with the big airlines, we have 21 co-chair partners and with nearly all of them, we, we co-chair. So there is a partnership already. And uh, a, a possibility is, is also if you become a very strong partner of an airline, you don't have to be, um, they don't have to be shareholders. So you can still be, uh, you can have a strong tie to an airline. We don't have that to any of the alliance yet because we have them through all alliances. Uh, but that, these are discussions which will happen in the future and they might lead to also consolidation if you focus uh, on serving one group uh, more. We don't do this today. There's no need for it because our model works best at, as it is at the moment. Uh, to ensure the connectivity to work with different partners. Okay. A lot of the, the Western European carriers talk about overcapacity in all these markets. Is your region a little bit uh, different? I think the region is different if we look at the amount of travel uh, and the inhabitants. Uh, the, the Baltics, they are young European states, the three Baltic states. Um, there's, for example, if I always take Finnair, which is next door. Finnair has 5 million inhabitants and I think 23 million passengers while the Baltics have 6 million inhabitants and 16 million passengers. So there's a big gap. There's zero long haul out of the Baltics today. Not that we want to do long haul, but there's zero long haul, not a single long haul flight out of this, but you have 6 million people. I think a lot to happen in the Baltics. In addition to that, the connectivity in the Baltics from a, tr a train point of view, the trains in the Baltics, because of the track width, are not going to Europe while we are in Europe, but they're going to to Russia and further. So therefore, there, there is a big transportation issue where, where an, uh, airlines uh, can do a lot and do a lot today. So I, I think we are in a different situation than if we go to the center of Europe where there's overcapacities. Um, there's definitely overcapacities this, this summer, uh, as, as all the other colleagues tell. Well, I didn't realize uh, that uh, the Baltics were broad gauge rail. Yes, we, we have the track system, which would take you all the way to China, but you can't go to Europe. Right. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a few minutes ago about uh, the air traffic management and air traffic control in, in, in Europe. And I just wanted to get your thoughts really quickly on um, 
single European sky and whether that project is moving fast enough for you or um, what, would you, what are your thoughts on sort of airspace fragmentation in Europe? Uh, as a pilot uh, flying in that airspace already in 1992 on a Boeing, it hasn't changed. <laughs> so that is for me a disaster that we in Europe can't get that done. Uh, and we see the effects now with uh, uh, hours and hours wasted in the air and on the ground. And it's, I would say it's poor mm -hmm. that we as Europeans couldn't get a single European sky and can't get that fixed because it can't be so difficult to do it. But it has to do with nat national uh, thinking and, and boundaries. And uh, that's why we continue flying zigzag. The, the bad thing is, as there's more traffic than with, when I started to fly, the zigzag got worse. Uh, it's it's not it didn't even improve. Uh, you, you're doing you're flying even longer now in Europe than you were flying 20 years ago. And uh, is there a solution? It is up to the Europeans uh, to to find a solution. We as European airlines demand this for years. Uh, technically, we see in the US it can be done, but it's not happening, and it's not happening because either the willingness is not there. Or the, pre or the pain is not hard enough. Uh, but we, we, have, we, we as airlines have that pain because we, we, we are investing billions into modern aircraft technology to reduce our emissions and then we are wasting it in the air because we can't land uh, as there's a congested airspace or there is one unit on strike somewhere and then <laughs> you have to circumnavigate a whole country. And, and that is not good enough. And I think all of the airline CEOs are... Uh, saying that uh, loud and clear, and we will continue saying it loud and clear until something is changed. Well, uh, I mean, if this isn't figured out, will it be a major impediment to, to airline growth in Europe? Of course, we will, we, we, we will be restricted in growth um, if that is not fixed. And that could be one of the reasons when, when economies suffer because there's no growth anymore possible um, and there's no economic growth that then finally politic says, okay, let's sit together and find a way of, of, of fixing that. But it's not so much the economic growth. I think the debate we have about the, the, the climate change, the CO2 emissions here, looking at it, um, it's just a waste that we are investing in aircraft which burn half half of the emissions or in, in, in a CO2, 20% less emissions our aircraft uh, have. And then we are burning, we are spending more time in the air because we can't land. And, and that, that should actually uh, drive this discussion uh, and not so much economic growth. Uh, so we have now the technology which, which, which has significant less emissions and then we, we can't use it because we are kept in the air Uh, to hold because we can't land as there's not sufficient, uh, either there is no, there's a strike and you have to circumnavigate and you fly longer, or you can't land because we don't have the airport capacities. Great. Well, thank you, Martin, for joining Brian and me for this week's uh, Airline Weekly Lounge, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.